Hello, and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In this episode, we will be celebrating the spooky season by looking at the 2022 film Hocus Pocus 2. As Hocus Pocus 2 was released just this year, we feel the need to give you, the audience, a spoiler warning. We will be recapping the film and discussing many plot elements, which some may consider spoilers. If you don't want to know anything about the film, turn off this episode now and come back once you've watched Hocus Pocus 2 for yourself. In this series, we won't be doing a deep analysis of the film or giving a bunch of behind-the-scenes facts, but rather giving our impressions of the overall film and the songs from the film. I almost forgot that this movie had songs in it for a second. I was like, wait, why did I leave that in there? But that's why. Um, uh, we will also be giving a score to the film and ranking the songs. So light the black flame candle, summon the Sanderson sisters, and enjoy this episode. Hocus Pocus 2 is a 2022 American fantasy comedy film directed by Anne Fletcher, written by Jen D'Angelo, and produced by Walt Disney Pictures. A sequel to the 1993 film Hocus Pocus, it stars Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy and Jimmy, and Doug Jones reprising their roles. Filming took place from October 2021 to January 2022 in Rhode Island, replacing Salem, Massachusetts. It was released on Disney Plus on September 30th, 2022. In contrast to the original, the film received mixed to positive reviews, praising the cast performances, humor, and nostalgia, but criticized the plot, while some critics deemed the film as an improvement over its predecessor. It was produced by Lynn Harris, edited by Julia Wong, music by John Debney. The production companies were Walt Disney Pictures and David Kirshner Productions. It's distributed by Disney+. Plus. The runtime is 103 minutes. It stars Bette Midler as Winifred Winnie Sanderson, Taylor Henderson as young Winifred Winnie Sanderson, Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah Sanderson, Juju Brenner as young Sarah Sanderson, Kathy Jimmy as Mary Sanderson, Nina Kitchen as young Mary Sanderson, Sam Richardson as Gilbert, Doug Jones as Billy Butcherson, Austin J. Ryan as young Billy Butcherson, Whitney Peak as Becca, Belissa Escobedo as Izzy, Tony Hale as Jeffrey Trask and his ancestor Reverend Trask, Hannah Waddingham as the Mother Witch, Lilia Buckingham as Cassie Trask, and Foy Guitares as Mike. Very nicely done. Um, I'll try. <laughs> so diving right into the plot, I have to write. I wrote a note saying that I love, all capital letters for the love, the creepy Disney title card. It starts off uh, just like the traditional one, and then the music changes, and it pans out to be over a swamp rather than a river. I actually had a note about that too. That was like, I love this. I love when Disney does like an off the kilter like card instead of the regular castle. They like do something to it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. A good I like one. when they get creative with the castle yeah. opening. Yeah, agreed. So we start off in 1653 Salem. A young Winifred Sanderson was banished from Salem by Reverend Trask after she defied the authority of the church by refusing to marry John Pritchett. Rather than let her sisters Mary and Sarah be taken away from her, Winifred escapes with them to a nearby uh, forbidden forest. 
So I have a couple notes for this scene. First and foremost, Mary <laughs> and Sarah invented Jello. Which, they did. Yeah, if, if they prepared, or at least some form of Jello. Yeah, they prepared it for Winifred's birthday, I believe. It was her sixteenth birthday, yes. and they prepared it for her. And I was just like, oh, they created Jello. How how interesting. And I also wrote down that the film starts off much more humorous than the 1993 one. Yeah. Right away. Very Instead fun. Instead of sticking with that, the first one was very serious off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thackeray's sister gets kidnapped and everything. And there's some humor in there, but like it, much more. This was not silly, but way funnier than the other one started off. And I also wrote down that Taylor Henderson is nailing her performance as a young Winifred Sanderson. And I have a side note here saying that the stunt performers for Winifred and Mary St- uh, Sanderson are stunt performers from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, so that's cool. I just wanted to point them out. Uh, Heidi Pascoe plays Winifred and Heidi, here we go, uh, Shanapoff. Sh- Shanapoff uh, is Mary's stunt double. I saw a little special about them on the local news. I happened to catch. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I was just like, oh. I will say all three of them, the the uh, young actresses playing the three witches kind of did a stand-up job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they get the characters. They get the characters spot on. I mean, I imagine they grew up watching the original. <laughs> Maybe it's what inspired Maybe. them to go into acting. It's but, great. But, yeah, they, actually, they would be younger than the original movie. So. Yeah. Um, but it, it, they did a great job. I, I just really thought that uh, Taylor Henderson... Yeah, she did great. I was watching that, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, this is Yeah, she this n- is nails Beth Midler. Yeah. In the Forbidden Forest, they make the acquaintance of Mother Witch, who gifts Winifred her magic book for her 16th birthday, but explicitly warns the sisters against casting a spell known as the Magica Maxima, which makes the user all-powerful. Mother Witch also teaches the sisters to kill other children to keep their youthfulness. So I, I have a couple notes here as well. I wrote down that I loved that Mother Witch was singing Sarah's song, you know, Come Little Sarah Children. And Sarah was kind of taken in by that for a second. Yep. That was a nice touch. And the actress that played her, Hannah uh, Weddingham, was Septa Unella uh, on Game of Thrones. Or the shame, shame, <laughs> shame nun. Yeah, like, I, I, I didn't recognize her at first. I was just, I was like, oh, who's this actress? And I, I looked it up, I was like, no, there's no way. <laughs> like that, but yeah, she was the uh, shame nun. So uh, or septa. I love that. Yeah, I I just couldn't believe that it was the same actress. Yeah, um, and then I have a note here about Mary's line about their father being an uh, apothec apothecist uh, apothecarist. I'm not really sure how it's said. Mm-hmm. Also, their mother they mentioned later on was also yeah. one, implying that the sisters do have parents. We just never met them. Um, and also, it makes sense that like. They'd They're be... shunned by their fellow people because, you know, of what their parents did. I yeah. imagine that time that would have been seen as kind of like witch work. Oh, exactly. And then they're also now orphans. Like, yeah. the town doesn't want to deal with them. Yeah, and how they could invent Jello back <laughs> yeah. in 1653 as well. <laughs> they, they, they knew to mix different things together. But in 2022, 29 years after the Sanderson sisters were resurrected by the Black Flame Candle, Salem teenagers... Becca and Izzy prepare to celebrate both Halloween and Becca's 16th birthday, but turn down a party invitation from their estranged friend, Cassie Trask. And I wrote down a note here saying that I thought Mike, Cassie's boyfriend, was going to just be a lovable idiot, but his attitude towards Becca annoyed me. And also, them being sent to the principal's office reminded me of the one time that I was sent to the principal's office in class. Would, would you like to hear this story? Oh, God. 
Go on. So I won't say my my teach my former teacher's name, but I had a teacher who I did not get along with at all. The reason I didn't I, uh, nothing that I did. It she had a history. She had a crush on my father when they were young, oh. and my father wanted nothing to do with her. So she hated me because of this, and uh, was very hostile to me t- from day one. And I remember. Uh, she was not a very good educator. She never got up from her desk. She always sat there. If something had to be written on the board, she would have a student go up and write it. And if you said to her, oh, blank, um, I don't understand the material, she would say, well, too bad, we're moving on, and just keep going. But anyway, we come back from Thanksgiving uh, vacation, and we're sitting there in class, and she pulls out of her desk an entire turkey. She had it in one of the drawers in Tupperware container, <laughs> And started eating it. She would quite often eat in class while talking. And she started eating the turkey leg in the middle of class while talking. And I started dying laughing from it. And she sent me to the principal's office for it. And when I got to the principal's office, I told the principal the exact same story I just told you. And he said, just sit here until the end of the period and then go to your next class. So yeah, that that was my my experience being Wonderful. sent to the principal's office. Good yeah, it, it, it was. Uh, in your story of that, going back to Mike for a second, yeah, yes. Mike's probably the only character that I just don't like. Yeah, as like a he's dumb, but he's also like a mean dumb. Yeah. Like, well, because he's dumb, he's mean. Like he doesn't think he's being mean, but he's mean. And it's like, no, I've met people like that, and it's like. Yeah. I don't feel sorry for them. It's like, no, not my fault. Nobody explained to you that, like, you're dumb, essentially. Yeah. He does learn that at the end, though. He does. He, he learns, oh. And he even says the line, like, I have so many people to apologize <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he thought he was just making conversation I by think, being yeah, mean. Cassie's yeah. just like, it's okay, sweetie. Like, yeah. Cassie, you should have been telling him right away, like, you're exactly. a problem. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Becca and Izzy visit a magic shop, formerly the Sanderson Cottage, run by Gilbert who gives Becca a candle for their annual birthday ritual. Becca and Izzy light the candle and discover that it is another black flame candle. There is a full moon, and the girls are both virgins. The candle resurrects the Sanderson sisters once again. And I have two notes here, the first one saying, Amazing that nearly 30 years later, and the three actresses look exactly the same or even better than they did back then. They do look good. It's surprising. Yeah, and uh, they also... I have this in my overall score, but they pick back up into those characters immediately. Like, it was just like, wow, that's that's impressive. Because they could have, you know, been different. Time, but yeah. yeah, but they get it. And I have a song here, The Witches Are Back. And it's just a sh- uh, short few lines and an odd musical number to take place out of nowhere. But even Becca and Izzy <laughs> make a joke about who the Sanderson sisters are performing for. So I gave it a 6 out of 10. I don't know. I gave if... it a 7 out of 10. Uh, I did. I thought it was funny. Yeah. I liked it, though. It did feel a little out of place because it just kind of like came on and you're like, well, I guess we're just going with the theory that they like to sing. Yeah. yeah. Which is something that they come up with later that, like, oh, they do, in fact, like to perform. True. The girls managed to outwit the sisters and in a lo- uh, in a local Walgreens. And then escape to the magic shop where they discover that Gilbert tricked them into reviving the sisters, having seen them on Halloween back in 1993 and been taught how to make the black flame candle by the book. 
Uh, so the sh- summary is very short, but yeah, the the scene in the Walgreens is great. They, they, oh yeah, um, it, it's some of the same jokes from last time, but done in, in new ways. I think they did try to modernize it, make the plot more interesting. I mean, yeah. we'll get into it later and overall scores, and I once mean, we're done recapping, but yeah, the the automatic doors take the place of the uh, paved road and everything like yeah. that. It's just something. Um, but yeah, the the scene in the Walgreens is fantastic, and they're drinking all the, the youth potions and everything. Uh, it's great. And a face mask, like yeah. oh, it's a new face. Yeah, yeah, it's the face of a newborn, and, and they start eating it. Yeah, oh, it tastes like berry. Uh, but I have a note here saying Sarah's line about delighting in the luring of children was my only job, and I cracked up at it because she's upset that they no longer have to do that. The sisters catch up to the girls and see a campaign flyer belonging to Mayor Trask, Cassie's father, and Reverend Trask's direct descendant. Winifred decides that they will cast the Magica Maxima spell to eliminate Trask and take revenge on Salem. The sisters trap Izzy and Becca in the basement and leave to hunt down Trask, whose blood is needed to complete the spell. They force Gilbert to collect the other ingredients. So I I guess we should say that Gilbert, like, thought that it would be that they would be cool if he brought them back yeah like, gilbert yeah. was like he's no, not evil like yeah. he's like they'll be so much more understood now it's mm-hmm. not that they're evil it's that witches were persecuted and you guys just don't understand exactly <laughs> the girls escape and head to the trask house to warn the mayor while the sisters find their way to the town's halloween carnival and enchant the citizens to help them find the mayor so again we have another song one way or another sung by the Sanderson sisters to spellbound the citizens of Salem to do their bidding. Also, they incorporate the, uh, they incorporate the spell from the 1993 movie that they used to get the adults at the dance party to dance until they die. And I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10. And I will say, it's not that I didn't like it. And it's not that, because I know a lot of people's, like, almost begrudgingly, like, fact of this movie is that they didn't do the original song either. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Why would they do that, though? Like, for what purpose would they be singing that song a second time? Yeah. Like, there's no plot reason. No. Because I had a friend of mine actively bring up there. She was like, oh, I was so disappointed they didn't sing that. And I'm like, but why would they? No. What logical reason? Like, you're not trying to remake the film. You're trying to make a sequel. There's a difference. Yeah. Uh, no, I like I like that they did a new version. Like yeah, a, a I like song. that they kind of like threw in the same like spell to kind of like yeah remixed it. Yeah, yeah they yeah. remixed it. It was nice. Yeah, and I also have a note here saying that during the montage we see a couple watching the 1993 original movie, specifically the scene with Gary and Penny Marshall. And I just wanted to know, is it supposed to be a documentary or something? I assumed it was supposed to be a documentary, but the way that everybody talks about the 1993 like that the sisters had already come once before. It's almost like they're like, supposedly they had come, but nobody like believes that. So yeah. that makes me question how a documentary would exist. I don't like, know. Should, but then again, you know, people in real time don't believe things happened in history. So I like, maybe, you know, they do think like, Oh, there's this documentary, but which just aren't real. That's not a real documentary. True. Yeah. So I guess I understand. Yeah. Meanwhile, Gilbert digs up Billy Butcherson, who has been awake uh, but entombed since 1993. Gilbert needs Billy's head for the spell, but tricks Billy into helping him collect the other ingredients first. Now, I just want to give a caveat here. I didn't realize that uh, Doug Jones played Billy Butcherson back in 1993. Mm -hmm. I I thought it was a different actor because he sounds very different here. But 
also, Billy Butcherson is supposed to be a rotting corpse for these 29 years. Yes. So it's fine that he sounds a little bit different now than he did 29 years ago. I think Billy also has way more personality in this film. This oh, is agreed. the first one in which he's kind of really literally just a rotting corpse. That's yeah, and he's mute talk. for most yeah, of, it. Yeah. of it. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. The girls reunite with Cassie and they manage to trap the sisters with an assault circle in Cassie's garage before Mayor Trask returns home. The three teenagers make amends with one another, but the reunion is interrupted when the sisters escape the circle and kidnap Cassie to use her blood instead. And I forgot to mention, they do the joke again about, you know, instead of riding a broom, Mary rides... Uh, the Roombas. The Roombas. It's the same joke from last time. I audibly, when I saw the Roombas coming up the driveway to yeah. come to the salt room, I went, oh no, not the Roombas. Yeah. They, not the Roombas. They suck up the salt and I'm break the so storm. mad at the Roombas. <laughs> yeah. Like... How dare you? Well, Mary Mary says that they have their own personality and that they hate... Little uh, broomies! Yeah, my little broomies! They hate filth, so they cleaned it up for them. Oh, I forgot to mention Cobweb. <laughs> back. He, he wasn't really in the summary at all, but he kind of just appears in the movie back at the magic shop. He takes the place of... Yeah, it, it, he takes the place of Binks as like a black cat that shows up and yeah. like somebody calls him Binks. Oh yeah, the sisters call him Binks and yeah, he's like, no, that's Cobweb. Yeah, they think... Can't be Binks. Binks think, can't be alive. Yeah. And, like, I think by the end, they try to kind of be like, maybe it is Binks. I'm pretty sure it's not Binks. Yeah, I don't think it is Binks, but there's definitely... Because he literally, like, just appears in front of them. Yeah. So I think there's something magical behind him. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but... Maybe he's a familiar. Perhaps. Becca and Izzy follow the Sanderson sisters to the Forbidden Forest, where Gilbert has assembled the ingredients and soon discover that Becca is also a witch. The sisters partially cast the spell and increase their power, but Becca distracts them while Izzy uh, rescues Cassie. Becca manages to convince the book that it doesn't have to answer to Winifred, (laughs) and Becca and and Book flee further into the forest. Book shows them a warning about the Magica Maxima spell, stating that whoever casts it must give up what they cherish most. The girls agree to warn Winifred of the price of the spell, but are too late. Winifred becomes all-powerful as Mary and Sarah fade to dust. Winifred grows despondent and begs the teenagers to use their newfound powers to save her sisters. While they cannot save the two, Becca, Cassie, and Izzy join together in a coven and cast a reuniting spell, and Winifred happily fades away to be reunited with her sisters. So I have a note here saying that this was sort of a change in Winifred's character here. In the first movie, she had the line, A fool to sacrifice thyself for thy sister to Max. But here, she can't be without her sisters. I do think that change, though, just comes from them realizing that what they had good in Hocus Pocus, the original, was that the witches were great characters. And taking them and making them better and fleshed out. They're not just evil for the sake of being evil. They just wanted to be together and... Agreed. Well, I think especially too, if, if granted it has the word two in it, so you know that it's a sequel movie, but you can watch this on its own and, you it's, can. and it's a complete movie. You don't have to have watched the 1993 film. You're going to get more if you have, but it, it stands on its own, as, at, which, it I, does. which I think all films in a series should do. I think there can be references to previous films, but I think all films should stand on their own. Uh, in, in a if series. I have to watch 8,000 things to understand what's going on, it's a problem. Yeah, agreed. 
Marvel, I'm looking at you sometimes when you do your random stuff you do. Don't don't you dare dis- <laughs> uh, disgrace Marvel in my presence. No, I, I agree that, that sometimes it's a little Marvel, like, you know jarring. what I'm talking about. Yeah. When you do really random series and expect everybody to watch those, but then expect them to go watch some movies. Like, those are two different kinds of viewing experiences. Uh, the new coven are joined by Gilbert and Billy. While Billy starts to fade away, realizing that all of Winifred's spells have been undone, and is relieved to finally be headed to his eternal rest. And Gilbert promises to give him his due, and that Billy wasn't actually a lover of Winifred. Yeah, I forgot to mention uh, throughout the story, anytime anyone encountered Billy Butcher's, Butcher something. They're like, oh, oh, Winifred's lover, and he's like, no, I kissed her once. Yeah, one time I kissed her, and then, and, and uh, so Gilbert does say <laughs> that he'll tell Billy Butcherson's real story. The girls decide to give Book a new home and continue practicing their magic as they walk off into the night in a similar manner as the Sanderson sisters. As they leave, a bird identical to the one that Mother Witch had shapeshifted into flies overhead. And I forgot to mention that. It wasn't in the summary earlier, but the film opens with this very unique-looking sort of raven phoenix bird, because mm-hmm. it, it's mostly all black, but it has some color, and it's revealed to be the Mother Witch character. And here it flies overhead, alluding to... It's going to be following these girls now and everything. Which I also think, since we've reached the end here, I'll discuss when uh, Mother Witch gives them the book, they ask her about her coven, and she says, oh, they're all gone. Do you think Mother Witch did the uh, Maxima Magica spell and killed her Maybe she did. Yeah. Or, you know, it's also, we're talking about Salem. This could have just been Salem Witch Trials, like, too, and people died. Possibly, Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, that was my original thought, but af, after watching all of it, I thought she must have killed her own coven to... She could have done that, cause she yeah. did seem a little, like, remorseful and sad about it. Like, don't do it. Mm. And here we have the song, dur- uh, during the credits, we see the Sanderson sisters recording The Witches Are Back in a music studio. I can't help but assume that since the studio is bathed in red light, this is perhaps supposed to be a recording studio in hell. That was my assumption, too. Yeah, so I gave it a 7 out of 10 for the song. I think I did, too. I mean, it was the same song as earlier, so... just a longer version. And then, did you stay for after the credits? I did. Okay. Uh, If you're in the audience, stay for after the credits. We see Cobweb back at the Sanderson sisters' home, where he jumps onto a cabinet... uh, He jumps onto a cabinet next to a a box labeled BF, or Black Flame Candle 2, alluding to the chance that Gilbert made more than one Black Flame Candle. And my only note here is Hocus Pocus 3, question mark? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I feel like they really rounded out that story, though. So I, I guess if you were doing it and were getting, somehow taking out the Sanderson sisters as, like, the main main villains, then fine. But if you're not doing that, then I don't really know how we're having a third. That's I, My feeling was that they're gonna, they might do a third one that's about Cassie, Becca, and Izzy, and Mother Witch. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Though. And make it like a cameo with the other three. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Like maybe they light the black flame candle to get them back to help against Mother Witch or mm-hmm. something. Like she's the real evil or something. Maybe. Yeah. Because I otherwise I'm like ah, I don't know why. Yeah. Because yeah. Well, like the story's played out now. Like I don't think the Sanderson sisters would come back and be like, okay, we need to take our revenge on Salem. Like well, I think they've kind of. Maybe in 20, 29 years from now, we'll be recording an <laughs> episode about Hocus Pocus. Oh, Jason, did yeah. he say? 
Oh, they messed it up. <laughs> they messed it up big time. Things aren't as good as when we were young. <laughs> uh, I mean, in this day and age, if we're going to get a Hocus Pocus 3, we'll get that within like three or four years. Most to be, likely. like completely honest. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll just move into our overall scores then. Sure. Would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? Go ahead and go first. Okay. Uh, so I wrote down, very rarely are sequels as good as the original <laughs> film, with certain exceptions like Empire Strikes Back, Godfather 2, and The Dark Knight. However, I believe that Hocus Pocus 2 can also be added to that category. It manages to be both funnier and darker than its 1993 predecessor. The Sanderson sisters are fantastic. Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy not only look great, but they pick right back up with the characters that they played almost 30 years ago. And I believe Ashley will agree with me that the teenage characters this time around are more developed and certainly much, much more likable. In fact, the only criticism that I have of the film are the unusual insertion of the witches are back when they first appear, and the hint that there will be a third movie at the end. All that being said, I'm going to give Hocus Pocus 2 a 9 out of 10, a nearly perfect film that I will re-watch around Halloween, uh, Halloween time for years to come. I would agree, and you're right. I, you know how I felt about the first one, and that I did not like a lot of the characters, and that was most of my annoyance, is that none of them really mattered. But the good thing about this is I like all our, our protagonists. Their story is compelling separately from that of the witches, and the witches also are compelling in their own right. And while I'm not thrilled that the idea of the third one might exist at some point, because I don't think it's necessary, but also I like even like the characterization of the book at this point. Like the book is almost just an item mm -hmm. in the last movie, where this film really made the book its own character, and it cried, it sweated, it it did things, it had its own will, which I think was nice. It smiled. It smiled. Yes, it <laughs> yeah. did. It smiled. And I love that for it. Because I think things like that give a lot of character to these types of movies. I liked it a lot. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, I forgot to mention that, but in the scene where um, uh, Becca's looking for the book, it's, it's not, like it's sweating. sweating. Yeah, and I yeah. like died yeah. watching that. I really enjoyed a lot of the book scenes yeah and you know the way Winnie acts with the book the first movie is like oh this is my book like my book loves me mm -hmm. and we don't see that and I love that this kind of gives that like oh it makes sense that she's talking to the book like it's a person yeah. because it is in fact like sentient enough to like understand even when she's trying to look up the magica maxima spell the, yeah the book's the, like closing it keeps closing it's like, itself no. yeah you know you and don't want to like, do zaps this it, yeah. basically yeah and then he's like oh fine <laughs> yeah screw you <laughs> yeah. yeah um i tried to warn you yeah but uh yeah great film and uh with all that out of the way this has been the once again podcast any questions comments or critiques can be addressed to our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com Follow us on our social media accounts, once again, pod, all one word, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you'd like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. As always, a like, follow, or share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. And remember, we will entertain you. We will always entertain you.
Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description.